Hello everyone and welcome to the October edition of the Darlow Fans Radio podcast, recorded here tonight at the studios of the Darlington and District Talking newspaper, underneath the Northern Echo offices, where we'll be looking back on a interesting few weeks for Darlow and forward to uh, a few games next month. Uh, I'm Mike Price, your temporary host for the evening, as uh, your usual host, Stu Armstrong, is off in uh, China. And I'm joined tonight by podcast regulars Kev Luff and Craig Stoddart, popping down from the sports desk this evening. Evening, chaps. Evening, Mike. And back by popular demand. I wouldn't go that far. It's Joe Peacock. Good evening, Joe. Hello. So we'll start the podcast tonight with a look back at the games we've played recently. We're going to look at a couple in particular, uh, one good, one bad. We'll start with the bad one, because I heard somewhere that ending on a positive is always good. So we'll start with the most recent Darlow game, as we record, which was the Bradford Park Avenue FA Cup tie. Darlow, of course, going down 1-0. And uh, here's a clip of the moment. Danny Lowe put us out of the cup yet again. Bradford Park Avenue bringing the ball away on the right-hand side. Ben McKenna making his way up the right-hand side of the pitch. Turns away from O'Hanlon and looks for a ball into the middle. Couldn't find one. Elliot charging down well. Elliot out to the right-hand side this time, just ahead of Thompson, and Danny Lowe brings the ball away. Has a shot, and it's into the top corner. Danny Lowe bringing the ball forward, left-footed, had a shot. Madison couldn't reach it. The visitors lead. Great finish there by Danny Lowe. The ball was played all the way across the middle of the pitch there, and Thompson had a 50-50, which he came out on the wrong side of, and Rowe just stepped forward, took a touch, measured up the shot, and blasted it past Madison from 25 yards. Nothing he could do about it. Now third consecutive clean sheet for the Quakers then. And if they want to stay in this season's FA Cup, they're going to have to come from behind to do it. So that was Darlington nil, Bradford Park Avenue 1, as yet again Darlington fall at the first hurdle in the FA Cup. You were there, of course, recording it, Kev. Uh, what did you make of the uh, What did you make of the game? Uh, standard Darlow FA Cup exit, isn't it? Really, uh, everything mm. we've come to expect of a Darlow team in the FA Cup, frustratingly. Yeah, pretty much sums it up, I think. Um, maybe improvement in the second half, but uh, first forty-five. Yeah, there only was, one uh, team really turned up, wasn't there? There was a twenty-minute spell at the start of the second half where we bought Sayers on, and we did improve, and we looked like we might actually, you know, put something in them maybe test Bradford Park Avenue, but it, it kind of ended as quickly as it started, really. Like, I thought by the end, I didn't think they were in much trouble of uh, you know, being put out or going to a replay. And what do Darlow have to do to win an FA Cup tie, Craig? Gee, where do you start? We are hopeless, aren't we? In FA Cup, we are absolutely hopeless. And not just not just this season, the last four or five seasons. Go back... Well, I've, In fact, it's not since Brian Little, when he was manager of Darlington, has has this club won three FA Cup games in, in a season, which would be an FA Cup run, three three wins in a season. Um, I think the club, the fans, the area were cursed. We we, we are absolutely hopeless in the FA Cup. But uh, talking about last Saturday's uh, Cup game, I've seen a lot of people, a lot of criticism about the formation and the team selection, etc., etc. Am I the only one, who, only one who thinks that Johnny Madison should have saved that shot? As much as it came a bit out of the blue because the possession was given away, he's nowhere near the ball, is he? Shouldn't he be saving that? Quite possibly. I think it, it's it's from far enough away that he's got time to see it and react to it, I think, but he doesn't really go full stretch, I don't I mean, think. I mean, to be honest, maybe I'm wrong because I've, I've seen very few other people mention this, so maybe I might be uh, my, a small minority here. Um, so apologies to Johnny if I've got that wrong, but it's a piece to me that he's... 
it doesn't really stretch, it doesn't really go for it. It, it maybe he thinks he's going wide or something, I don't know. But that's not the reason Dan have lost the game alone. There's 89 other minutes in the match and lots of other reasons uh, we uh, down didn't equalise, but uh, that, would, that would disappoint. I mean, the, the, the goal is frustrating all over, isn't it? Because it's a cross-reel pass, our own cross-reel pass, which does us in, yeah. and then gets picked up and their lad strides through the middle and fires it in the top corner. So, yeah, you can... Like you say, you've picked up on the goalkeeper. I'll pick up on the crossfield pass, which absolutely does us in. But I, I watched the highlights because, unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, I wasn't at the game. And I was talking to, to Kev about it, obviously away from the podcast, and them having space to kind of attack from midfield, certainly up to the edge of our box unchallenged, was, was a theme of certainly the first half. Mm. And... When when you flipped it round and they were on the attack, they had players breaking forward. There was a lot of kind of forward movement from their midfield into attack, and we we just didn't seem to have that, despite the personnel we had on the pitch. No, I, I felt a little bit sorry on on Saturday for Tom Elliott because he was that sort of one central midfielder, and I think he was there obviously to try and break things up and you know stop Bradford Park Avenue playing. That's a lot of work for one lad. It almost at times it seemed like the team was sort of split in two. You know, there was the defence and then there was the attacking half and the, the two never really quite joined up. And the thing I noticed on Saturday was that the ball went forward a lot, quite long, and we're clearly looking for age to try and get a hold of the ball and win it and flick it on, that sort of thing. But it never really stuck up front, and that means it just came straight back for us and that meant we never managed to get our wing-backs into play and it just meant we didn't have any width. The team wasn't sort of two halves, the team wasn't joining together. And... We just never got going in the first half because of that. I mean, on paper, it's quite an attack-minded team. You know, if you look at the players there, but the reality is that you've got an opposition to play against. I'm sure it worked well in training. Yeah. When when they've worked on it, but when you've got an op- an actual opposition playing against you, clearly it's a different scenario. And I'm sure we'll see a different uh, different formation and a different uh, start in eleven on uh, against Stockport on Saturday. In, in fairness, I could understand why he went with quite an attacking team because Bradford hadn't won in the last three games. And they'd, con- yeah, they've been conceding goals as well. Conceding yeah. goals for fun. I thought, yeah, I can understand why he's played that system because he wants to try and get at them early on. I thought if we if we'd got at them, then maybe it would have been different. But we didn't get at them. It yeah, was their centre backs were winning the aerial battles, yeah. weren't they? Certainly, and uh, and we were we were just throwing that ball up there, and it was coming straight back. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't there, so I'll, I'll ask, kind of ask you the question to open it up, but what was our reaction to that? I mean, we, we must have kind of, from certainly from the commentary, it seemed that that was a theme from pretty early doors, and it didn't seem until Sayers came on after half-time. I'd say half-time. We, we, we half-time was on. our reaction when we brought Sayers on, yeah. and for the opening 20 minutes of the second half, we looked like we might threaten an equaliser. You know, we actually we actually worked the Park Avenue keeper. He had a couple of saves to make, and, uh, and there was a bit of hope that we might get an equaliser, but eventually... They countered that as well, and I mean, if that was Plan B, I guess we didn't have a, a Plan C that would get us back into it. And what, what was the f- uh, formation then when Sayers came on? What? I think we went to a flat four across the middle then. Okay, I mean, uh, one thing I will say about formations it it's um, there's often only something like five or ten yards difference between like one formation to another. It quite really, it's ultimately it's about the players, which which eleven you've got on on the pitch. So a little bit much can be made about, about formations, and clearly it didn't help that uh, Darlington didn't have Joe Wheatley or Dave Sizen in the starting lineup. And now, if they were playing, now Darlington could be in the FA Cup uh, still. 
who knows? So ultimately, I think it's about the players on the pitch rather than the, the formations that they're in. First and foremost, it's about your, your starting eleven, and uh, hopefully Joe Wheatley will be um, fit soon. Hopefully. Yeah, Park Avenue's reward for beating us, of course, in a way tie at Altrincham. Um, we talked about the Altrincham game we last played, I think, enough last month already, so we won't go back to that one too quickly. But, um, yeah, Darlow in the FA Cup, it's just an absolute nightmare, isn't it? I mean, hopefully, um, you know, we can we can put a run together at some point soon, but you've got to go all the way back to the 2014-15 season for the last time we actually won a game, beat West Auckland, and then knocked out by Blythe in a replay. And... Uh, you know, there were a couple of years where, of course, situation being what it is, we weren't even in the FA Cup. And, uh, you know, how long until we see the first round proper? How long until we see the next round? Yeah. It's, it's just made more doubly frustrating this year, isn't it? Because the fact that the prize money was, was it doubled? Or yeah. doubled 9,000 on offer on Saturday. You know, that, that, that's 9,000 quid we turned down. and It's, yeah. it's just, it gets more and more frustrating every year because you go out, the prize money seems to go up every few years and... You know what the club's like for cash. It always needs every penny come the end of the season. You just think, well, it's it's not free money, but you you turn down a huge opportunity, aren't you? It's 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 not just nine thousand pound, though, is it? Because the conference teams don't come in until the fourth qualifying round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've only got teams in our division, really, that we're going to be playing against. And a team like us, we should fancy ourselves against any team in the yeah. division. Mm. So we should have fancied ourselves to beat to win that game, and then we should have fancied ourselves to go and win another game as well. Because yeah. I mean, it's sixteen thousand pounds in the next round as well. I think it is. So you know, two games, win two games against teams at our level or lower, twenty five grand in the bank. Yeah. yeah, and then I I think it's it's sort of that much again for when the yeah. conference teams do show up, and you know, maybe you get drawn against a lower team. I, mean, I, I could normally like at a fig door after a couple of games. Normally by Monday morning, I'm kind of over it, and you know I've done all the sulking I'm going to do. But I've spent the entire week sulking over this FA Cup tie. I really have. It's absolutely done my head in. I think we should save ourselves all the stress and the worry next year. Let's don't enter the thing. Just don't enter. Uh, well, I, I, I jokingly concentrate said on, on the FA Trophy. <laughs> I jokingly yeah. said on Twitter, I said save, save the postage for you. Yeah, well, I think, the I think there's an admin or registration fee to yeah. get be involved in the competition as well. I don't know how much that is. So save ourselves, say 100 quid, I don't know what it is. Save ourselves some money there. Save ourselves all the worry and the stress and everything else. <sighs> Just relax, give ourselves a Saturday off. It'd be lovely. Yeah, it's, like I say, it's just so frustrating because, like Joel said, it's not just the money, it's the fact that it would bring you together. A lot of people who probably haven't been to a Darlow game for years. Mm. It's a chance to make inroads into the community, which we wouldn't normally have the opportunity to do. And all of that's gone for another season. Yeah. i tell you what, it's going to be frustrating now, in a few weeks' time, by the way, when BBC are showing these games live on, on a Friday night. Or, and there'll be a team at our level, we don't know at the moment who it'll be, but there yeah. will be a team at our level who will be in the national spotlight and making a few quid and having a good time. And it won't be yeah. down. Because <laughs> it never is. It well, wasn't last year or the year before, and it probably won't be next year either. I've said for years, it'd be a likely event if we actually made the first round and the BBC are going through the fixtures to pick out, you know, first round time to cover. I think we'd be up on up at the top of the list. We'd be as long as Salford are already out. Interesting story. Yeah, because of our story. Yeah, yeah, you're right, it would be. There's a story to tell there, definitely. Yeah. yeah. If we got a good a good enough tie, an attractive tie. Yeah. But that means winning a game though, Kevin. Yeah. I we know. can't do it. <laughs> Yeah. Darlow of course also played a few league games over the last few weeks we're going to concentrate on one in particular that went really really well for us it was uh, Darlington 3, Telford 0 
as we uh, we brought Telford's unbeaten run to unbeaten start to the season to an end. And here are the highlights from that one. Hughes switches the play nicely out to the right-hand side for Trotman. Takes it down. Turns away from Cowan and bursts up the right-hand side. Thompson's inside of him. Trotman, Thompson now out on the right-hand side. Has made himself available. Cuts inside. Plays it to Nicholson. He shoots. He turns. He shoots. He scores! Jordan Nicholson gives Dara the lead after 35 minutes. And thoroughly deserved as well. Wonderful move from Gallatin on that right-hand side. Trotman gets himself into space. Fantastic uh, turn there. Um, well taken as well from Jordan Nicholson. Collects the ball from Stephen Thompson. Turns with his right foot, shoots with his left foot. Bramley gets a hand to it, can't stop it. It's in the corner and Darlow have the lead, 1-0. Back to his captain who plays it up the middle. And there's Liam Hughes again, winning the ball ahead of Morgan Smith. Saunders is through here. Is this Harvey Saunders? Oh. It's 2-0, darling, to the one finish that is from Harvey Saunders. One flick on, Harvey Saunders is in and he just lifts it over Witcherly. His second of the season, Darlow's second of the afternoon. Is that going to be the three points? Great flick on there from Dave Sayers. And then there's Saunders, one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper. And the composure from such a young man to just lob it all over Andy Witchley. 2-0 Darlington, thoroughly deserved. Could we be maybe seeing all three points? Biggest applause of the afternoon for Harvey Saunders' name there as he's announced as the scorer of Darlington second. It's Darlington 2, Telford nil. Hasn't been one of Peel Street's best days, this, has it? No, it has not. Ben O'Hanlon to Dave Sires gets it back. O'Hanlon back to Mitchell Glover. Glover looks up, turns. Gives it to Nicholson, Nicholson to O'Hanlon. To Nicholson, keeps going. Sires, Nicholson. Nicholson just gets a little nudge oh, there foul. and then he gets a full-on foot from Witchley. It's a penalty to Darlington. <laughs> Superb football from Darlington. They're working and opening into the area and then Nicholson just, uh, he gets the he gets a little nudge, doesn't he? And then Witchley just slides in and finishes the job. Four minutes of added on time, which I make we're still a minute or so away from actually starting. But uh, here we are. Stephen Thompson... He scored two already this season. Can he make it 3-0? He can! Three points in the bag for Darlow. Telford's unbeaten start to the season ends at Blackwell Meadows today. Stephen Thompson goes to Andy Witcherley's right. He guesses right. He can't get to it. Darlington three, Telford nil. Confident penalty there from Thompson. Yes, the referee, yes, the goalkeeper, I should say, went the right way but well taken right into the right-hand side of the goal. Three goals for Darlington, three different goal scorers, three points. So that was Darlington 3, Telford 0. The Quakers bringing an end to Telford's unbeaten start to the season with goals from Jordan Nicholson, Harvey Saunders and penalty from Stephen Thompson. Best performance of the season so far, Kev? Or do you think there's better? Um, it's up there, I think. Uh, the Brackley game away from home was pretty good, uh, but it's definitely up there. Um... <laughs> It just puts the other games that we've had recently into perspective, doesn't it? Because clear, clearly the team's capable of turning out some decent performances. It's just finding that consistency, isn't it? Because that, that was a good game. And uh, Telford were beaten, weren't they, before? They were. Before that I think one. it was 1-5 drawn three. Um, and I can't recall them really being in the game during that match. 3-0 um, did not flatter us at all. 
So it's it's a good performance, but it's frustrating as well because there's not enough of those good performances. Yeah, we kept them very quiet, didn't we, Joe, considering we were missing um, our captain off on international duty with Gibraltar and uh, still came away with the points. We did. Um, it was, of course, uh, Liam Hughes's centre-half debut. Um, obviously put in a, a fantastically assured performance. Um, dealt with everything Telford had to throw at him. Um, and obviously he's kind of he's made that spot his own. Uh, you touch on the um, the absence of Reece Stache, and I think Ainge was missing for that as well. Yes. Um, yeah. And I, I spoke to a couple of people on the day, and I think that allowed us to play with a bit of freedom. I think that um, we weren't constantly looking for the long ball towards Ainge for the flick on, and we had to think a little bit more about what we were doing. And obviously Harvey Saunders had a had a great game. Um, took his goal really well. Yeah. Um, seemed to add a little bit of composure to his game that's been perhaps missing in previous yeah, I think years. Nicholson's goal in particular maybe makes the point you're making there that we we had a bit of we were, you know we kept the ball on the floor um, and it was a really good sort of little exchange of passes between I think it was Thompson Trotman and then Nicholson yeah, yeah. obviously on the edge of the area turning and finishing. Sort of thing we need to do more often, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, and like like Kev said, um, the frustrating part of that game is it's in us. We, we know we can do it. We've mm. seen us do it. And for me, I, I think that team, that precise team, deserved a little bit more of a run. It would have been a brave manager, though, not to put uh, Reece Steich back in, given that once he'd returned, and obviously Simon Ainge as well, they're both... Uh, relatively high profile players on good money so it'll be a, take a brave manager who's uh, spent a few quid to then turn around to his chairman and say no I'm not playing them Saturday <laughs> <laughs> don't, 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 don't need them now yeah, so. I think that's I think that's maybe what we need to do well I was just about to say that I'm just wondering if there is a brave decision needs to be made to when the the bit of you know weird run of form around the moment do we need to make that brave decision um, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying we should drop Stice or we should drop Ainge, but I, I think there is a brave decision needs to be made, you know, around that because we've touched on the formations and stuff like that before, and some, sometimes I wonder: are we playing the best team, or are we playing, you know, the players who we've we paid the money for? Mm-hmm. And I can totally understand why you would do that because Craig makes mm-hmm. the point: you paid a lot of money for players, and you you want them to be involved in active in the team but I don't know I'd, I'd just like you I just wonder if is there a decision there to be made you know do we do we make that decision and see how it goes for a few games yeah you mentioned the Brackley game there obviously station Ainge in that game just tore them apart scored four goals between them um, mm. so we've seen we've seen it can work but maybe maybe against other teams it's it's not the system it's not the system that'll work for us we you know we we mentioned against Bradford Park Avenue there, we weren't really winning the aerial duels, whereas they may have been a little more vulnerable to something like Harvey Saunders's pace. Mm. So I think, yeah, there's, there is possibly a brave decision to be made there. It's as good a performance as it was. You know, it was up there with Brackley and, and you would say Blythe as well, which obviously we only drew. Um, it is the only game we've won since we were all last sat in this room. So, you know, is there a brave decision there to be made? What is what is the key to finding that consistency? Have we been unlucky with injuries? Well, I'd, I'd go back to Wage. I just wonder, was he fully fit on Saturday? Because that wasn't quite the age I'd seen earlier in the season where he was dominating defenders and causing all sorts of problems. I'm just wondering if, 
did he play with some sort of niggly injury, which yeah. has prevented he is him coming. from He has come back from a, He has come back from an injury, hasn't um, he? So it's. I mean, you, you touched on that Brackley game, by the way, where Stange and Ainge were playing up front. I think that's the only time when they played together up front where we've actually won. Um, I might be wrong, but I think they played together up front. Curzon, Spenny, Brackley, Blythe, Kidderminster, and I think Altrinham. I think the pair were on the pitch together against Ashton, but I think Ainge was playing in defence yeah, that afternoon. Yeah. And I think there's one win amongst that lot. So... I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into that. Yeah, I don't I've know. been looking, sort of. Um, I've been looking. I've been looking back over the season's sort of lineup so far, and consistency does seem to be a problem. Um, we've only named. We haven't named an unchanged eleven since Kidderminster. We've been averaging two changes a game since then. Yeah. If my uh, if my working out is right, is it injuries or is it is it difficulty finding a best eleven, Craig? Well, I think mainly it's been injuries. That's a big factor, and obviously suspension as well for Joe Wheatley. So, as frustrating as it has been not to feel a settled side, um, there's only so much you can do when players are injured. And having said that, it's also a smaller squad this year as well, which has been a conscious decision to run with a smaller squad, a financial decision. Um, and obviously, when you get you have to expect to get injuries occasionally, but down I have had quite a lot at the same time. Something, I forget, I've, I don't know the, the exact figures, but something like five or six over a period of time. Not all at the same time, but mm. five or six, seven players have, have had different injuries. Um, so it has been difficult for Tommy Wright to field his best team, or what you, well, who's to say what the best team is, but it's been yeah. difficult to. You know, it's almost picked itself the team occasionally. If you if you if you look at the subs bench, it's often been full of kids. Um, so there hasn't really been that many options there. And even when I mean, when Joe Wheatley does come back, which hopefully is this Saturday, he's already played really for a month, four or five weeks because he had yeah. the suspension, yeah. and then the injury. So is he going to be fully fit immediately? Well, no, he won't be. So um, is this the, there is issues fitness issues and and this is the problem you've got when you've got a smaller squad and you haven't really got a lot of reserve yeah. and then you've got issues like the Don Collins issue as well that's thrown into the, into the mix. Um, well, I was going to say I, I do feel a certain amount of sympathy for Tommy uh, because he's got two players there who clearly aren't going to be playing much football for the club. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, and they're possibly so. on. A decent wedge of money because they were on money from uh, the previous regime, shall we say. <laughs> so I, I would imagine they're on a, a fair salary. That's probably a lot of his budget taken up yeah. by two players who aren't yeah, you know, going to be figuring. Yeah. You mentioned there about being sympathetic towards Tommy. The other thing to mention is uh, Jack Volks, where he was a bit unfortunate, really. He sent him out on loan to yeah. play games. And because of... As far as I'm aware, Chris Hardy, the Whitby manager, has previously said that he rates uh, Jack Folks. He wanted him in the summer. He wanted back him back in July. Yeah. Mm. Tommy Wright said no, because uh, I think there was a couple of niggles at the time. Was Johnny Byrne injured at the start of the season? I forget who it was now, yeah, but there was, was a couple it? of... Yeah. So they kept Jack Volks initially back in July time, and then it, obviously the season started, Volks wasn't getting a game. So Whitby wanted him, came back again. This time around they took him. And the following day, was it? The, the game, I forget who it was now, uh, Collins and the Galbraith Collins in, yeah. in, in, in the same match, which is Sod's Law, which is so that was quite unfortunate, really. Uh, and as it turned out, Volks didn't get much of a, a looking at Whitby anyway. He's but back now, isn't he? He's back. He's, over. Yeah, he's in the squad for Saturday. Saturday. Well, yeah. Again, I'll, I'll feel a bit of sympathy there for Tommy because 
he's probably, you know, like you said during the summer, he's, he's trying to keep Volks about because he's got a few niggles in the squad. There's only so many times Volks probably wants to go out and play football. So if he's going to Tommy, right, I want to go out and run, I want to go out and run. There's only so many times that Tommy can say, no, we want to keep a hold of you and then not end up playing him. You know, so he's, he's probably in a no-win situation, Tommy. He's, at some point, he's had to send him out on loan to keep to keep Volks happy. And as it turns out, when he's gone on loan, we've had injuries and yeah. he's not played anyway, you know, so... Yeah, so that, yeah, so that was a bit unfortunate in, in that respect. And obviously, Reece Deitch, international, you know, he currently turned, turned no, that no. down, really. Um, so that's unfortunate, out, out of Downton's control. So, yeah, I mean... It, it, it's a bit of a sob story. I'm not asking for sympathy, but that's just the reality of the situation. The injuries you can't control, national call-ups, it's been ash. But hopefully players will be back soon and we'll get a settled team and see what happens. Yeah, I made the point last month that um, Trotman and Elliot were the only outfield players that had started every game, played every minute. That's still true, although Elliot did come off against Telford, so now Trotman is the only outfield player that's played every minute this season. And Obviously, Madison has started and finished every game in goal. So there's that's three players out of the 11 that have actually played in every match. Everybody else has missed at least one for some reason, international call-ups, injury suspensions. Yeah. More performances like Telford when we get the squad back together, Joe? Um, formation seemed to be the uh, the theme of the podcast, don't they? And I, I think that, you know, like Craig said, it would take a, a brave man to uh, to make some of the changes that have been suggested. By, by me, I shouldn't shy away from. Uh, but, you know, we're capable of it. And I think that, you know, if, if we get weekly back, I, I would like to see us revert to that 4-5-1 that served as well um, last season and on occasion this season, particularly against Telford. You know, but we, we do need um, players like Wheatley to stay fit because, you know, the, the lad's an absolute dynamo in our midfield, isn't he? Yeah. He keeps us ticking. Um, and then... That formation, I think you get the best out of Dave Sayers as well, who I personally think's one of, if not the best player we've got. Um, so, yeah, I think if we can find a formation that suits us, if we can get that settled team, then th- there's no reason why we can't. The, the, the good thing about the Telford game was, you, you touched on it, Liam Hughes' performance at the back, was, I think we, we'd we said in the previous podcast, we, we're looking for a commanding centre-half, yeah. aren't we? Someone who can... We you found know, head it. stuff away and just command the penalty area. Well, it seems like we've stumbled across that, you know, uh, by hook or by crook. We seem we've stumbled upon that now, and we've we've actually sort of dried the, the goals have sort of dried up a little bit in our own end. I, I know we mm. haven't won many games, but we're not conceding anywhere near as many as what we were. So in some respects, we have improved in one yeah, area. I mean, the the three games that Hughes has played at centre-back, we've only conceded one goal. Yeah. We've cut two clean sheets. It's a, a far cry from, you know, conceding an average of two a game, conceding five against Kidderminster, albeit with ten men. Mm. Um, yeah, um, we've been through a lot of centre-back pairings this season, but I'm fairly certain whatever centre-back pairing is starting the next game or the game after that, if Hughes is fit, he's one. He's half of it. Yeah. He, he looks the part, doesn't he? It's... Um... Uh, Tommy Wright didn't sign him as a defender clearly he was aware he could play there he, he knew he'd mm. play there in the past but he signed him as a, a commanding midfielder and had things been different he might have played in midfield last Saturday when we had the issues with Joe Wheatley etc so in the FA Cup against Bradford we might have had Elliot and Hughes in the centre of midfield that might still be in the FA Cup but as it turned out Hughes wasn't fit enough to play in midfield but he's fit enough to play 
at, at the back, which has turned out well because A, he's been playing well, but then clearly there's been injuries there. So it's worked out nicely with, with Galbraith, injured for, Galbraith injured for a bit. Um, Burns had concussion. Collins is not around at the moment. So it's, um, it's all Dip, happening. Dipping back until he put that. It's, it's all happening. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the good thing about Hughes playing at the back is it. We, we saw it again at Southport. Is it maybe gives him that little bit of extra time where he can put his head up and maybe pick a pass and yeah. players out? I mean, there was a couple of passes. He has played some superb balls out yeah, from the back in the game. Yeah, there was one which I think did make the highlights. The, South, the Southport away game? Yeah, yeah. just pinged it out wide yeah. to, to Thompson. That was outstanding. Yeah, I mean, was. sometimes when you're at the back, you, you get that little bit more time to be able to bring the ball out. You know, you, you don't immediately have somebody on top of you. So maybe that suits him, you know. So a mention of Jack Vaux earlier, of course, being on loan at Whitby, which leads us nicely in to this month's march down memory lane. It's uh, not a very long march, admittedly. We're only going back to April 2016. You'll all know which game I'm referring to now, I'm sure. The uh, the title-winning night down at Whitby where Darlington needed a draw to secure the title and decided that rather than settle for a point, we'd win all three in, I suppose you would say, uncharacteristic style. Final score was Whitby 1. Darlington 7, and these were the highlights. Just got through. And Graham Armstrong flicked it on, and the Stephen Knobs, Stephen Thompson's about to get through, and he's put it through, and it's a goal! It's a goal for Stephen Thompson! Darlington score! After only a few minutes into the game, Stephen Thompson. Oh, it's Tuesday, it was Tuesday, it's Gamblesdale. Yeah, Corner's come in. And Virgin! And the second goal for Darlington! Excellent, fantastic ball in. Galbraith, great ball in from the left. Excellent header, first kill. Burgess. Pordas plays the ball to Armstrong, who plays a great ball out to Adam Mitchell. Adam Mitchell's looking to cross it in, puts a good decent across in, finds Armstrong! Goal! Goal for Graham Armstrong! A fantastic head in the top corner! Wow, fantastic pullback player. Getting forward, whipping the ball in, and what a header! That was a. Centre halves trying to get onto it as well. Leon Scott's on the edge of the box. He's going to try and whip that ball back in. He's found it! Graham Armstrong, and it's 4 0! It's 4-0 to Darlington! Remarkable. Every time the ball goes in the box, they look like scoring. This is a fantastic performance by the lads. Ball Terry Galbraith's going to take us on the left-hand side. Oh, no, it's Mitchell. Sorry, it's Adam Mitchell takes it. Right-footed, swings it in. Falls to get... Very awesome! And it completes his hat-trick! It's 5-0 to Darlington now! Cross, second goal from a corner. Armstrong again, hat-trick man! Galbraith against Bland, and Galbraith scores! Whitby Town nil, Darlington six. Terry Galbraith from the penalty spot in the 39th minute. Too much, too much power, keeper actually got a hand through it, although he side-footed it, he hit it through. Terry Galbraith who puts the ball in, left foot. Ball's dropping to the edge of the box for Leon Scott, who's got a shot! And it's another goal! Lucky seven for Darlington! Yeah, lucky seven, a poor defending for Whitby, but what an emphatic finish from Leon Scott. Fantastic strike, great left foot. So I don't get to too many away games, but Craig, that was one hell of a night. 
you you must have been there, surely. Were you, I yeah, was. Well done. Yep. Well. <laughs> I pick. I choose them wisely. I don't always stay till the end of them, but I choose them wisely. <laughs> yeah, unforgettable that one. I mean, it worked out really nicely because it's easy to think. I mean, of all the games to play, we could have easily been on that first night. For argument's sake, that could have been away to Mat- Matlock with any division then, or Rushall mm. or But it was it was Whitby, so it was very close for a lot of our fans to get over there and to enjoy one of the most memorable games in in recent memory. I mean. For people of my age, um, one of the best games uh, early on was uh, Welling under Brian Little because that's when Dan won the title on the last day of the conference season in 1990. So I think of it as the three W's now. It's Welling, Wembley and and Whitby all on a par as being unforgettable, never to be seen again matches, which you'll uh, talk about for years to come, i.e. on occasions like now. And of course it was... uh... It was a mad week anyway, wasn't it? Because we were playing, was it Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday that week as well? Because it was like four games in the last week of the season. Yeah, the Sunday Lots was... and lots of postponements, of which this yeah. game was one, Kev. Yeah. Um, you forget about that now, don't you? You forget hmm. how, how many games we played in such a short space. Yeah, it wasn't time. just that one week either, was it? Been, it was pretty intense, that period. Yeah. yeah. We were playing games at Spennymo's ground as well, weren't we? Yes, at one that's point. right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it, it was strange how that one fell... Um, came about, wasn't it? Because the game was originally due to be played uh, Easter Monday, wasn't it? Was, was it Easter, Easter Monday? Monday? It, was, it was around Easter weekend, yeah. I'm sure it was. We, we had a weekend away, didn't we? We stayed in Scarborough in arguably the worst hotel, which I'll, I'll point out I booked now before Joe jumps right on that one. Um, good to see you taking responsibility for that. Yes. Last. Well, I've got no choice, have I? Because I'll, I'll never forget it. Yeah, um, he gets under the bus himself or Joe throws him under. <laughs> so the, the following day, we wake up. We, we all know the game's not going to be on because we're, we're driving across from Scarborough to Whitby and we know the game's not going to be on. So it, it's it's really flat, it's really downbeat. But because all that happened, it meant we got the Whitby game when we got it. And it just so happened that we it turned out to be the, the title-winning season. So it, it dropped in place nicely, didn't it? Yeah, it was fantastic the way yeah. it came about. Um, I mean, I, I, was, I was a bit pessimistic. I know it's not like me. <laughs> um, before the game because they'd given us a tough game earlier on the season hadn't they? was it 2-2 at Bishop mm. uh, I think they'd, they'd scored late on to get the draw and um, I think Hardy had taken over not long before that results had started to pick up mm. um, and on the on the way over uh, I listened to an interview of his um, assuring Blythe that Whitby would give us the toughest game possible and I, I started to fear that we might we, we might do a Darlow mm. and I, I, mm-hmm. I said I'd take a 1-1. One, one. I'd take the point. You know, a tough place to go, upsurge in form. And uh, me, me dad was similarly pessimistic and he pledged uh, a tenner a goal to Darlow goals, <laughs> which he uh, regretted, I think, 20 minutes in. He was already 50 quid down at that point, of course. Yeah. But yeah, I remember driving, uh, well, I didn't drive over myself, of course, but um, we were we were on our way over down there and... And we were discussing on the way down what we wanted and we were just like, you know what, let's just get the title won and then enjoy Saturday. You know, take the point if that's what it, if that's what we get. We get the point, we get the title, job done. And then, what were we, nine minutes in even, we were 3-0 up and we were all like, I don't want to settle for the draw anymore. <laughs> I, took, I, was, I was still, it, it, it took that third goal for me to turn uh, to David Art and say, we, we, we might actually do this. We, we, <laughs> I don't think we're going to mess this up. And uh, sure enough, we uh, we managed to see it out, keep it tight. Mm. It was it was really. I I wasn't 
too pessimistic before the game, but we'd had such a belting run of form, hadn't we, beforehand. I was just waiting for... There's going to be a defeat somewhere, isn't there? You know, that, that was my sort of mindset. There's going to be a defeat somewhere. And if it's going to be anywhere, it's going to be right towards the end when we really needed it. Because even at that point, I just I couldn't see us doing enough to, to get ahead of Blythe. Because we, we, we actually we were ahead of Blythe by that point, weren't we? I can't remember. I can't, I can't remember, remember what set at that point. But I, I just thought we just played so many games. We'd had such a belt and run of form. I was just waiting for the wheels to come off. You know? I, I can't believe we won. Not only won, but won that easy. Yeah. It was it, ridiculous. I mean, I not, think, not I only think... when you win a title, it's, it's quite edgy and yeah. cagey and close. That wasn't. I mean, we basically got to spend sort of 70, 80 minutes just enjoying it, yeah. didn't we? I think... I can only think the instruction from from Martin in the, in the dressing room before the match was get it won early just oh. in case you start to tire. And well, boy, did we! I mean, Graham Armstrong, ten minute hat trick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You must have been through the record books, Craig. Can't be many quicker than that. No, um, I don't know about quick quick hat tricks, but uh, from my point of view, it helped me enormously because it meant I knew what the what the outcome was going to be for, for full time, so I could start my my intro like at half time I knew what the line was going to be you know so I made second half it was much more might have been slightly edgy if Whitby had pulled one back early on <laughs> yeah so that, actually that spoiled things a little bit clean didn't get the clean sheet yeah. we only drew the second half I was yeah, fuming yeah. Dale, Dale Hobson scored didn't he um, yeah I mean it was easy to say in, sorry in hindsight 7-1 it looks as though you'd think it was the game was never in doubt but as you say we played on the Sunday and the Tuesday so this was the Thursday, so it was the yet another game, and we, had, we didn't have our strongest team either. It, uh, Galbraith was back in midfield that night. Um, yeah. he, by this point, he was a left back. We had to go back into midfield. We had no Phil Turnbull that night. I think he had an injury the last few weeks of the season. Um, Adam Mitchell was at right back uh, again uh, that night. It, so it wasn't a full strength Downton team. So that's almost a bit patchwork, that isn't it? A little bit, yeah. And it, so you wouldn't think about it now when you look at the scoreline, but. It wasn't that Darton's strongest team, and as Joe mentions, you, you were a bit worried that Whitby were going to try and get one over on, on, on Darton because they hadn't done badly under Chris Hardy. They had, they had picked up under him, and suddenly it was 5 0 at half time. It was utterly remarkable. It won't happen again. No, you when, now. When, when you look at the results now, you look at them on paper, you look at all those wins that sort of came before it, you think, well, it was inevitable we were going to win the title. We were just steamrolling through teams. But it's, it wasn't like that at the time, was it? You were always you were just thinking about the next game because you were playing that many games. Yeah. You you didn't have time to look that far ahead, and when the game rolled around, you, you were always wondering, is this where it's going to catch up with us? I mean, when you look at the run, the the players must have been running on sheer adrenaline. Yeah. The, the momentum saw us through that. I think yeah. if we maybe had got a defeat earlier on, then it, it could have been. It could have not worked out quite as well yeah. as, as yeah, it did. You're right, momentum, isn't it? That's a that's a key word. It's, one game led into another kind of thing. I'm sure the lads must have loved it, but a lot of them were working lads, though, so it wasn't, yeah. wasn't ideal for them. But, um, yeah, sorry, I think it's 5 at half time, didn't it? It was 6-0. It was 6 at half time. But, yeah, it was, no, that was crazy. And um, very, I tell you, was on the bench that night. Uh, Harvey Saunders was unused sub. It was his thousand away. It was the first time he'd... I think he might have played a cup game that season in some Mickey Mouse... Dutes and whatever it's called. I'm, I'm not um, having the Dutes and being called. Important competition. Yeah, but he was on new sub that night, which was uh, it was the first kind of real glimpse of the of, the, of getting involved in the league in the league. 
Um, he didn't come on. Not a bad game to be sat on the bench for. No. Yeah. Alan Mike came on, if you remember. He was, I do, I remember that, yeah. yeah the Biggest cheer of the night, I think. Yeah, one of them, yeah. Fans were um, fans were chanting for him to come on. But you talk about cheers there, that was... I remember that if you watch back the goals, I'm sure the, the cheer for like the third and fourth, it's more. It's, it's almost like a laugh. It's almost like a, 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 in response to going three or four and up after a quarter of an hour or whatever it was. It was... Yeah. It was yeah, I think at, at the time I was still sort of I don't, I don't do it so much anymore, but I was sort of I was sort of tweeting from Darlow games as they were happening, and I think sort of about three, four, five in, I was all capital letters. Is this really happening? I might even have sworn. I mean, I can't. If I did, I can't repeat it now because I don't want to kick off the explicit filter on iTunes or whatever. But it was, uh, yeah, it was a crazy night for yeah, for a great I- many reasons. Like like Brent right. says, don't think we'll see that ever again, will we? Really? The celebrations on the pitch at the end with the players and stuff—it's yep. it's fantastic, and it's always great to see a, a linesman have to run that fast. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best bit about the pitching. You can always—that's what I love about a game like that. You can always tell when it's about to end because you see the referee starting to back slowly towards <laughs> the tunnel. Like I'm going to have to get out of here quick, aren't I? And the um, I read your match report earlier on, Craig, from the game as well. The uh, the reference to the uh, the, the Tanoi guy. I know I'm wasting my time here or something, but please don't go on the pitch afterwards. I think it was he said something like that. I anyway. yeah, even heard him say that. No, no, along, along those lines, wasn't it? I think uh, it took the uh, the video footage of there was the players, the, the Darton players at the side of the pitch who were all in the kit, like like Phil Turnbull, for example. He wasn't actually in the squad, but he was uh, he was wearing his full kit. And I won't say what the temptation is. <laughs> <but he> was, <laughs> Are you it, saying he went full John Terry? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think there's a few of them at the side ready, you know, all ready to join in the yeah. celebrations, and they're all kind of loving the moment because those moments don't come around very often. Um, yeah, a brilliant night for everybody. One of the best Darlow nights in the last six years, I guess you would say. Haven't been too many like it, have there? I mean, we put up some big scores, but never in a game of that magnitude. Yeah, that always annoys me, by the way. Big scores. We never got more than seven. And all these times we used to. <laughs> <laughs> we were just steamroll teams. We never seven was. We got, we got seven v Billingham Town. I remember, but yeah, we just, occasionally you see a team put eight, yeah. nine, ten goals. I think basically we need the number in brackets in in words yeah, after yeah, after yeah, our yeah. score, don't we? And then and then you're happy. Yeah, is that well, what you say? I think I might be in Spain. We might put ten past somebody. I can't remember, but Darren never did it. Darren annoys me that. Never mind seven one. We we, we should have been ten nil. FA Cup tie next year. <laughs> <laughs> Step ten team, could happen. I love it. I love an optimism. I don't think we'll get beat that much. <laughs> <laughs> so from April twenty sixteen to October twenty eighteen, now as we go to our regular monthly contribution from Sai Han, as he looks ahead to uh, an interesting month for the Quakers. After a disappointing month in September, um, our season's at a real crossroads, not just for how we will end up doing come April, but also fans' opinions and current moods around the club. Um, a disappointing month saw us only pick up one victory at home to Telford, which was impressive, but the other results haven't matched that, and defeating the FA Cup was particularly a low point for many people. Due to that defeat, we've only got four games at the moment scheduled in for October, three of which are away from home. Um, which in itself may take the pressure off in front of the home fans, but it's a month where we really need to pick up points, as it's going. It could well define if we're in a battle at the bottom, or if we can push on for the rest of the season. 
Our first game isn't for isn't for another two weeks, um, but it's away to FC United, which is a big game in 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 terms of us potentially getting sucked in at the bottom of the table. Um, they've only won once so far this season, and the player manager Tom Greaves, who guides them to safety last season, stepped down just to go back into his role as a player. Um, and it's but it's a game that on paper. When you look at the teams, you think we've got the better players. If we turn up and play how we know we can, we win that game. But it, there is going to be a lot of pressure on it. If we lose, we're going to be pulled right into the bottom three. And you don't know whether amongst a lot of the areas of fans, knives are going to be out at that point. Um, after FC United, our only home game in a month is against Boston on the 20th of October. I've side who picked up a lot in the second half of last season and they've started this season in, in similar fashion at the moment sitting 10th and if they keep up their current form and current performances they'll be hoping they can push on towards the top seven and, and the playoff spots. Um, it's very very similar to FC United. I think at the moment our results will be determined by how we play more than how the opposition plays. We showed against Telford when we turn up we can play very well and we more than capable of beating anybody in this division but it's the inconsistencies and that Boston game I think will highlight that if we play well there's absolutely no reason why we can't pick up all three points but if we play as we have, have done against Altrinham, Alfreton, Bradford in the cup we could just whimper towards another defeat. Um, towards the, in the last weekend of the month we have two trips um, in three days away to Leamington and then we play Bradford again. Leamington were right down at the bottom the whole of last season. They've much improved this this time around without really making many changes to the squad. Um, the majority of the points have picked up within the opening weeks of the season and have dropped off a bit in September, but they still sit eighth just outside the playoff playoff places. Last season it was possibly the biggest game for us, and our three two win was the a huge turning point in us not getting relegated or not being dragged into a relegation scrap last season. Again, like exactly the same as the Boston game, if we've picked up points from the first couple of games of the month and we go into that game confident and they haven't picked up a couple of wins, there's no reason, again, why we can't why we can't pick up three points. They're not a particularly strong side. But again, it's all, it's all about confidence. Um, and the last game is a repeat of the FA Cup match from last weekend, uh, where to Bradford Park Avenue, who sit fourth in the league at the moment. On paper, it's a difficult game. They haven't lost many games this season. They didn't lose that many games last season. But just off the FA Cup game, they they probably look more solid, more professional, fitter, I guess, than ourselves in that FA Cup defeat. But despite us not playing that well, we still created bits here and there. That would make me think when we play them again, we certainly have a fighting chance of picking up a result. Um, overall, for the month, it's four get it's only four only four game month, but it could really make or break the season for for me if we go through the month without picking up any wins. Fans are going to start to turn even more than they already ha- already are, and the position in the league league table isn't gonna isn't gonna isn't gonna look like look like it's gonna get any better. But if we pick up a couple of wins, maybe go on a month go go through the month without losing, it would just pick everyone's spirits up as well as potentially uh, the position in the league. So that was uh, Cy Han looking forward to a trio of games the Quakers will play in October, starting, of course, in fact, I say October, start with a game against Stockport this coming Saturday as we record this, which is the 29th. 
and uh, and then FC United away after a weekend off, and then Boston at home. Uh, doesn't look like we're going to arrange a game for the sixth of October, which I think Joe is probably a decent idea given the uh, the how thinly stretched our squad is at the moment with injuries and such like. Yeah, it gives us a little bit of time to uh, to recuperate, um, get some bodies back, and you know try and get that that settled team that we talked about earlier, and get us in a position to be able to do that. Um, I mean, looking at Stockport on on Saturday, you know that they've had one win in what the last five, uh, one away win all season. We we should be looking at that as an opportunity to yeah. get something. Um. Loathe to say I'm that optimistic, but we we should. We're at home uh, against a team in in different form, and you know that that's an opportunity for us to pick up points. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think, and uh, obviously, I think we would rather have a game on the sixth of October. I expect, and um, nine grand in the bank, we won't labour a point that we've kind of been labouring for about four years already. But we uh, are where we are. So after that weekend off, FC United away, they're uh, second bottom, of course. Uh, what are we expecting from that one, Craig? Hopefully three points I would think yeah well hopefully yeah I mean Downton won down there at the end of last towards the end of last season um, so it wouldn't be great if six months later whatever it is uh, if you don't repeat that it would say something about the, the what's happened to Downton in the, in the meantime but before we get to that stage hopefully Downton will, will beat Stockport because that two weeks that two week gap is going to be I mean things are a bit miserable at the moment so if we're having to dwell on the well enough for a fortnight uh, it's not going to do the mood very good um, among the supporters so hopefully we beat Stockport Saturday and then we have a, a game against as you say FC United who aren't the best hopefully you can uh, look forward to that mm. the FC United ones I think potentially is quite important um, yeah. it might set the tone it's a must win Yeah. Any, anything less than a win there I think so. It's it's, it's 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 really important because I think it, it's not just about the points. I think it would set a tone for you know the next couple of months. You know, if you don't get three points there, um, all of a sudden you're looking in a different direction, aren't you? And that's not what we want to be looking at. Um, yeah, I, I'd agree with you guys. I think it is a must-win, personally. And then. We end. I say we end the month. We'll we'll play Leamington as well before October is out. But I think we'll have another episode out by then. So we'll we'll cover it in a, a month's time. But Boston at home, highest of the three teams that we have to face uh, at time of recording. They're in tenth. Um, and yet one of the weirdest. I think looking at their looking at the form, they either win or lose. There's, yeah. there's nothing in between. Is there? <laughs> five wins, five defeats. Yeah. Um, so it, it's. Maybe a bit like us. I was going to say this season's which, which this Boston. season's Blythe. I think they only yeah. they only drew one or two games or something, at, or at one point last season they didn't have any draws for absolutely ages, did they? So, so three games, nine possible points on the table. At the risk of um, putting you all on the spot a little, how many points are we actually expecting to get, and how many points would we be happy with? Do we think? Uh, I'll, I'll kick off. Um, I expect three points um i think we'll be pushed to get something on saturday um i think we will beat fc united and i don't think we'll beat boston uh looking at their form uh like i say it's five wins five defeats but you can pretty much draw a line in the table as where where the win games and lose them they lose to the top teams and they beat the bottom teams um how many points do i think are acceptable 
<laughs> I've got five. I've got to draw the two home games and to beat FC United. I think anything less. I mean, that that's still, to draw your home games, it's not much of an expectation, is it? <laughs> but looking at where we are, looking at trying to get that settled team, trying to take, you know, baby steps, if you like, yeah. five points out of those three games, to come out of that run unbeaten would be the, the start of something a little bit more positive, I think. Well, at that point, I think five unbeaten in the league, aren't we, if we get through these three games without uh, without any red marks. So any advance on five points, Craig? Nine, I'm going to say nine, Mike. I'm going to win all three games. I like it. I like it. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd ask if there's any advance on nine, but I'm fairly certain no, football rules don't um, make that possible, Kev. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with what Joel said, to be honest with you. I think that's a, a fair shout. I mean, I'd love to be walking away from three games with six points. Mm. But I think, like you said, it's maybe a case of baby steps, isn't it? One step at a time just to see how we go. I mean, we are conceding less goals than what we were yep. a few weeks ago, so maybe there is scope for, for getting a few more points on the board. But I, I think these three games are quite important. Yeah, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the five or six point camp myself, I think. Get, get past Stockport without a defeat mm. so that we can go into that, we'll call it an enforced break. Yeah. Um, without the, the cloud of a defeat hanging over us, get some players back fit, get some players back into the squad, give us a few more options, go down to FC United and win. So that's, you know, there's four or six points, depending on the Stockport result. And then hopefully we can get something out of Boston. Yeah. Five, six, maybe seven points. And hopefully at least unbeaten in all three. Because then we're five unbeaten in the, in the league. And uh, and what, touch wood, God forbid, etc. what's the reaction if come the next recording we're sort of still at the wrong end of the table and the performances haven't been there do we do we hit full DEFCON 1 at that point or define DEFCON 1 what's that full what, what panic nuclear yeah. war because there was plenty of that at full time on Saturday Indeed. Uh, against Bradford so I don't know where we go from there but um, yeah if if they aren't to lose on Saturday against Stockport or, or even not win just even a draw I think a lot of fans will be disgruntled and that will last for a fortnight but that may hopefully depend on the quality of the performance I think yeah, if, we, if we look yeah. like if it's a sort of if it's a Blythe style performance where we arguably could and should have won the game when we had the chances then hopefully they'll be a little bit more forgiving but a bad performance where we scrape a draw maybe not so much yeah I mean but I think I actually think we might win that one. I've got a sneak. I haven't said that. I thought we'd win last Saturday as well against Bradford. Hmm. But, uh, but that was the FA Cup. It's a special. Yeah. It's a, it's a law yeah. unto itself where Darla were yeah. concerned. If we're, if we Ian Sayers are playing, um, I'll have a bit of confidence that we can actually beat Stockport and that would suddenly everything would feel a bit bit brighter, a bit more upbeat. So hopefully, hopefully you do. But if you're saying we don't, if we don't win the next three matches, is that your question? If you don't win the next three, what's going to happen next? Well, not necessarily. We don't have to win all three of them, but. Yeah. Say we come out with one or two points. Yeah, I think it depends on the performances, and it? it depends on what happens within those games. Do you get players sent off unjustly for your argument's sake? It's yeah. difficult to say. But um, I know a lot of fans. A lot of fans are annoyed now. Or some, I say a lot. Some fans are annoyed now. Annoyed now with what's going on. Yeah, I think there was um, a lot of frustration spilled over on Saturday. And I think partially because it was the FA Cup again, but yeah. uh, it wasn't great. No, I didn't. I wasn't there Saturday, but um, I don't know. I don't know, Mike. What's going to happen? Ah, I think, we'll, as you remember last season, Tommy Wright turned it round after that sticky spell. Yeah. Um, well, his first twelve games or so didn't, didn't, didn't win one. 
Um, so I imagine it's a similar scenario once he gets players back and playing in a, in a formation which works, which I think is going to happen soon, things might click and then we might be all right. Yeah, I mean, you look at the you look at the last time we were able to name an unchanged eleven. Um, obviously, Brackley, Blythe, and then the Kidderminster game where it, it all went a bit wrong after Joe Wheatley was sent off. But I think I think Joe um, Craig makes a good point there. Consistency is key. If we can get a regular eleven in a regular formation, and and get that consistency, things will start to look up. That's what's going to help. Um, to to kind of go back to your question, um, I'm I'm probably in the, in the camp that Craig talked about there. I'm my my patience is fraying now. Uh, we've won two games out of ten. Your first 10, 11, 12 games, normally a decent indicator of of what you're capable of. Um, but what do I what do I think will happen if we take less than the points that we've talked about? I, nothing. Um, I think that we'll keep. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Persevering. Persevering. And I think that will that Tommy will be given the time to do what hopefully he can do and what needs to be done and, and kind of arrest where we're at now and kind of get us on a more upward trajectory. Yeah, I think, Kev, the way the league is structured now with uh, with sort of seven teams at the end of it, well, I suppose six because the, the, obviously the top team go up anyway, but that leaves six teams below them with something to, to look out oh, for yeah, in the playoffs. Well, it's it it maybe allows you to leave it a little longer before you do really hit the panic button, doesn't yeah, it? You I can so. you can stay in touch with the playoffs a lot longer, where yes. one good run can get you up there. Yeah, that that's maybe a good thing about the the new playoff system is the season is is inferior live right up until maybe late February, early March, isn't it? Really, mm. as long as I mean, not, we, as long as you're not stone cold. Yeah, look table. at last season, as Craig said. You know, we had the we had the difficult start under Tommy, but once he turned it round, we yeah. were. We were in touch with the playoffs right up until I think one or two games from the end of the season, and that was, you know, we were we were in the relegation zone for for good portions yeah. sort of around Christmas January time, and then we just flew up the table, one run, and we go from, you know, relegation, relegation candidates to playoff candidates. I'm, I'm really hoping we turn it around because I think we saw last time when we we had to go out and we had to look for a new manager. It, mm. it isn't a simple process, is it really? I mean, the entirety of the club just stops overnight because everyone's focused on getting a new manager through the front door. And we, as we saw last time, it takes ages to get everything sorted. I don't want us to be in that position again. I, I want us to get a few points on the board. I want Tommy to be manager. Yeah. I want us to you know, kick on up the table. I, I don't want the club to go through that again because it's not just about replacing a, a first-team manager. It's about replacing the, the assistant manager, the coach, everything that goes with it. You know, whoever comes in wants to bring their own. It, yeah, it's you, that, you're basically ripping it's that rotation every year, yeah, every couple of years, isn't it? Guts out of the team. As I much as we, I don't want to do through that again. Yeah, as much I as we need consistency, as much as we need consistency on the pitch, I think yeah. you make a good point there. I, I, I can only agree. We need the consistency offered as well. We need to, we need to to use uh, the word Joe was looking for, persevere through it, and hopefully yeah. come out of the other side. Fingers crossed. I mean, like I touched on earlier in the podcast, this team is more than capable of putting something together because we've seen it yeah. fits we have shown season. we've shown we flashes shown. of brilliance the Blythe and Telford games I think the, uh, and the Brackley game we, we just need to be doing it more often yeah like like Tommy said in his interview afterwards it, maybe it's needed something like the result on on Saturday to maybe focus the mind because he spoke about going back to the drawing board didn't he rethinking you know a few things out. maybe that's what we need I don't know 
maybe we need something like that result on Saturday to focus the mind and come up with a new plan to go forward. We'll, we'll see on Saturday. If we can learn something from it, then we may not have the nine grand in the bank, but we can draw some positive. Mm. Fingers crossed. So that was the October edition of the Dialogue Fans Radio podcast. My thanks to Kev, Craig and Joe for joining me this evening and to the Darlington Talk and District Talking newspaper for the use of their facilities. And thank you all as well for listening. If you have any feedback on tonight's episode or any of the other episodes uh, in the past, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Darlow Fans Radio. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Darlow Fans Radio or you can drop us an email, darlowfans at gmail.com. Uh, we will be back with another episode at the end of October. Thank you all very much for listening and have a great month. <laughs>